Will the January 6 hearings and a gun compromise make a difference? A good question for the political junkie. You like Ike, I like Ike, everybody likes Ike for president. Add Ike to you, add Ike to me, I don't care how you quote it. Come on and vote for Kennedy, vote for Kennedy, and we'll come out on top. Vote for Richard Nixon and Henry Cabot Lodge, cause they're the ones to lead the USA. Thanks for joining us, and welcome to episode 389 of The Political Junkie. I'm Ken Rudin. You watch as they laid out their case. First, the chairman, Democrat Benny Thompson of Mississippi. Then the vice chair, Republican Liz Cheney of Wyoming. The attack at the Capitol on January 6, 2021, was an effort of insurrection instigated by Donald Trump and followed out by his syncophants. January 6th was the culmination of an attempted coup, a brazen attempt, as one rioter put it shortly after January 6th, to overthrow the government. The violence was no accident. It represents Senate Trump's last stand, most desperate chance to halt the transfer of power. Those who invaded our Capitol and battled law enforcement for hours were motivated by what President Trump had told them, that the election was stolen and that he was the rightful president. President Trump summoned the mob, assembled the mob, and lit the flame of this attack. And so, for two hours last Thursday evening, we watched on our TVs silently, sometimes in horror, other times in anger, as mobs of Trump supporters marched to the Capitol, broke into the Capitol, serenaded by chants of Where's Nancy? and Hang Mike Pence. Some of what we heard from the rioters themselves was just horrifying. This line from Cheney was especially memorable. And aware of the rioters' chance to hang Mike Pence, the president responded with this sentiment, quote, Maybe our supporters have the right idea. Mike Pence, quote, deserves it. But as horrific as the footage of the violence and the interviews with the Proud Boys was, we kind of knew this stuff already. We've seen tapes of the assault on the Capitol. We've heard from the zealots why they resorted to such action. Watching it again still brought feelings of horror, but not really surprise. What seems more unnerving were the efforts made by Trump and his cohorts to do whatever they could to halt Joe Biden's election or overturn it, then and now. The so-called request to the Georgia Secretary of State to find him 11,000-plus voters so he could claim its 16 electoral votes. The fake slates of electors in other states Trump lost, presented as legitimate. The continuing efforts, even today, by Republican elected officials and candidates to roll back the results of 2020, and suggestions that should they take control of Congress later this year, they will be the official counters of the vote. Republicans, for the most part, denounced the hearings as a political sham designed to embarrass Trump and the party. This was House Republican Whip Steve Scalise on Fox & Friends. Well, I think like most of America who seemed to tune out that hearing once it got about two minutes into them droning on about just hatred of Donald Trump, not about any kind of new news, I think it showed everybody in America that wasn't already aware that this is just a political witch hunt. You know, most Americans that I talk to, they go, 
Where are the hearings during prime time on inflation, on high gas prices, on the border crisis? Uh, why doesn't Nancy Pelosi care about regular Americans? They only care about attacking their political opponents and their hatred of Donald Trump. It seems like every day that's all they care about when Americans are struggling because of the far left socialist policies of Joe Biden and Speaker Pelosi and all of her minions who vote right down the line for big government socialism. Of course, that was immediately followed with this from one of the Fox hosts. You know, you make such a great point that Americans are talking about something totally different than um, January 6th. They have all the issues that you laid out. Sean and I had a podcast this week um, on our podcast from the kitchen table. We, Sean says, and I would love to hear if you agree, Sean thinks that this will actually backfire. These hearings will backfire on the Democrats because it just proves that they're out of touch and don't care about what Americans are dealing with right now, which is a lot of economic pain. Kind of reminds me of the Republican bumper sticker from the 1970s during the Nixon impeachment hearings. Nobody drowned at Watergate. Who cares about a plot to overthrow the government when gas and food prices are going through the roof? The truth is, some of us can focus on both. There's still much we don't know about the events leading up to and including January 6th, and the committee promises more information in the other hearings to be held this month. And a word about Liz Cheney. It's hard to think of anyone in office these days, of either political party, and especially the Republican Party, who has sacrificed her future the way she has to make sure the public learns the truth about this threat to democracy. Just think of this line from the first evening of the hearings. In our country, we don't swear an oath to an individual or a political party. We take our oath to defend the United States Constitution. And that oath must mean something. Tonight, I say this to my Republican colleagues who are defending the indefensible. There will come a day when Donald Trump is gone, but your dishonor will remain. The way things look today, she may not survive her August 16th primary against Trump-backed, naturally, Harriet Hageman, once a Cheney ally. Wyoming, for the record, was Trump's best state. But what Cheney has been doing is a profile in courage, if there ever was one. We've got a long way to go before we find out if the discoveries at the hearings will resonate with Americans, especially voters. No one thought, when Sam Irvin opened up the Senate Watergate Committee's special hearings in May of 1973, that it would ultimately bring down President Nixon. Nixon, after all, had been re-elected with a 49-state landslide just six months before. But the more we learned about the cover-up, the taping system in the White House, and ultimately the blockbuster testimony from John Dean, the more we realized that Nixon had to go. And he did 15 months later. This time, there's no President Trump to throw out of office. In fact, Trump is likely to once again seek the White House in 2024. We'll see if these hearings will matter in the end. Regardless, the story must be told. It's not likely to be dead, but I'll get you, I'll get you in the end. Yes, I will, I'll get you in the end. That's it for this week's show. Don't forget, you can always find my political blogs, trivia questions, and the Political Junkie store, all at krpoliticaljunkie.com. 
If any of you have some campaign buttons from this year's primaries available, please drop me a line. I want them. As always, if you've got comments, questions, or complaints, send an email to ken at krpoliticaljunkie.com. You can also tweet me at Ken Rudin or shoot me a message on the show's Facebook page. And you can follow my button of the day on Instagram at The Political Junkie. I didn't want this program to end without mentioning the death of my longtime friend, Ken Bodie. He was one of the smartest, most politically astute people I ever knew. With a lifetime of experience, first as a political partisan, but then, when I first met him, as national political correspondent for NBC News, he always had the best stories, the best historical perspective, and at the same time always generous with counsel and advice. After stints at NBC and CNN, he became the host and moderator of PBS's Washington Week in Review. He once had me a guest on the show during the summer of 1996, when I confidently predicted Bob Dole would pick John McCain as his running mate. It would never be Jack Kemp, as I argued, because Dole and Kemp never liked each other. I sure know my stuff. Ken Bodie also taught journalism at DePaul University and later became the dean of Northwestern University's Medill School of Journalism. We often had lunch when he was back in D.C. Ken was one of my favorite people in the world. He left us at age 83. And more bad news. Two weeks ago, before I came down with bronchitis that left me without a voice, I conducted two marvelous interviews, one with Republican consultant Mike Murphy and another with Democratic pollster Anna Greenberg. They were both great, as to be expected, sizing up Trump, the issues, the primaries, and the voters for 2022. And both conversations have apparently disappeared from my computer. They're gone. And I just noticed this now as I was putting together this week's program. I apologize for what happened. Anyone who wants to join me for drinks and a cry is welcome to do so. Political Junkie is made possible thanks to the support of our listeners and donors. Your generous contributions are most appreciated. Keep them coming at krpoliticaljunkie.com slash donate. I'm Ken Rudin. Thanks for listening. Please stay safe. Apologies again for this truncated show. I'll see you soon.